Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer podcast. Happy whatever day it is to you that you are listening to this. Uh, It is Monday for me, and I have two huge things to celebrate. One is that uh, one of my clients is starting their first day of their incredible new job today uh, as the head of L&D. So I am so, so, so pumped and super excited and all the feelings in between that uh, for this client. So they came to me uh, having been in L&D for a a while, uh, but in an individual contributor role for a very long time. And this person's skills, abilities, creativity was not being utilized um, to their greatest potential. And uh, they knew that and they had started the application process of some roles before working together. Uh, But we started working together several months ago, dived very quickly into what their niche was of leadership development, being able to be strategic, which is one of their top strengths um, in Strengths Finders, uh, and really create this incredible role for themselves and this niche for themselves. And so uh, they just started this week. So happy first day. You know who you are. You know I'm so proud of you. Um, And one of my favorite things about this job that was an unintended side effect is how my incredible clients become my incredible friends. So I'm super, super, super excited for you. Um, You know exactly who you are. Um, So that's my first celebration. Second celebration is holy cow. It is popping off right now inside the group coaching program. So we officially started last Thursday. So that's um, like three, four days ago. And people already have interviews lined up, finding their niche. Someone has, you know, found like their dream role, essentially. Um, The... It's, I'm speechless about like, what's actually happening in there. The movements people are making, how quickly they're finding roles that align so deeply with them, roles they never, ever imagined um, getting, knowing even existed. It's just been absolutely incredible. So we have yeah interviews already happening. Uh, n- niches are being solidified. The the Two people already have like are getting jobs. I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible what's happening inside there. So uh, most likely, that's this is the last cohort of 2021. So uh, there will be a cohort um, probably 2022 um, towards like I would say end of January, early February. 
there's a slight possibility I'll do something towards the end of this year. Um, so if you do want to be on the wait list for the next cohort, I already have a, a wait list going for it for people who um, weren't able to attend this last round. So make sure that you email me hello at the overnight trainer.com um, to get in on that. And then one final announcement before we get to today's episode. I know this is a long intro, um, but I appreciate you bearing with me is that one of the biggest areas that I've noticed in having now coached people into these dream careers is that they're getting these incredible roles uh, and we work together and we say our goodbyes and it's you know, obviously not goodbye because I'm obsessed with my clients and we'll follow them forever. Um, but it's they get into these new roles and it's kind of like, now what? Right? Like I have all of these transferable skills, but how do I actually apply them? Right? We work together to, to really dive deep into them and to be able to explore them and see how they are transferable to learning and development. But what is the actual application of my transferable skills look like? So I am actually going to be starting a mastermind, for lack of better words, still working on, on the naming, but it will go live uh, sometime end of this week, early next week, if you're listening in, in real time. Uh, but for people who are and have transitioned into learning and development and need support on how do I utilize these transferable skills? So we're really looking at how to, A, I mean, kind of build confidence around the, the skills that you have. You know, B, we're really going to be diving deep into creating your, your personal and your signature, you know, style as far as how to be an L&D leader. Uh, we're really going to dive deep into coaching and understanding your unique framework, um, as well as what the growth strategy is, not only for you and your role, right? You want to be looking ahead, like what's next? How do I keep self-developing? Um, but growth strategy for the role that you're currently in. How do you continue to grow in that role and be successful? So we're looking at skill set application, developing your own unique learning framework um, that's very personalized to you, um, as well as planning that growth strategy for your current role and that next role. So this will be a mix of uh, coaching sessions. So there'll be two live coaching sessions a month with me, um, which are hot seat coaching. Basically, you come, you say, hey, I'm dealing with this problem. I have you know, this challenge um, and get that coaching from me in a group setting. Um, you'll also have one uh, training from me every month. So we'll focus on different topics every single month um, for the course of the six months. So there'll be something specific and it will be based on what you all are, are asking for. So no, no framework as of yet, because it's going to be really based on the cohort and the cohort's needs. And lastly, we'll have one guest coach and guest speaker um, every single month as well to really speak to something more specific too. So you're going to get weekly access uh, to me and the community and to coaching and training from people who are incredibly well-versed in all things learning and development. Uh, and you're going to have a private LinkedIn group. So those of you that have been in my coaching groups before, you know how that goes. I'm in there every day providing coaching in there as well. So this is going to go live sometime next week. Um, if you want to get on the VIP list for this, again, keeping this very small, it's going to be a six month program. Um, and I'm only going to be offering it. it we'll probably, we'll kick off in October. So what's that October? 
no March, January, March, April. There won't be another one until until May of, of next year. So this is a six month program. It'll go October through April. We'll meet f- about four times per month, two uh, hot seat coaching calls with me, one training from me, and one guest coach every single month. So a lot more to come, a lot more information to come on it. Uh, but yeah, if you're interested, if you're like, that's me, I'm new to my role, L&D role, whatever it may be, and I really want to learn how to apply these transferable skills, create my own unique framework, um, plan for growth within this current role and future roles, this is the container for you. Email me, get on the VIP list, you'll get first dibs, and of course, a special little bonus from me. All right, let's get on to today's episode. It is a solo episode, and I want to talk about some things that have been coming up lately, and maybe it's because I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm just on one. Y'all know me. I mean, I'm sitting here talking to myself, but I know I'm not talking to myself. (laughs) But I'm, you know, I get annoyed when people, I know I don't know if that's the right word, probably get in trouble for that. But I want to start off by saying there is not one right particular way to do learning and development. And I think, and I was just interviewed for a podcast right before this, and I'm so excited. It was an amazing conversation with a, a, a leadership leader um, in the L&D space. But you know, there's no one right way to do learning. It is dependent on so many things. And so I've been thinking a lot lately about people who are so hell-bent on one way of of doing things. And I wanted to talk about the three L&D principles that I personally live by. And I think I was going to call it untraditional, but I don't know if they're non-traditional or untraditional, but they're not centered around any one model or way of thinking. And of course, I have my preferences, right? We all have our preferences. But I want to talk about like the basis of what I live by, live and breathe by when it comes to learning and development. And these are things that I've learned over, you know, being an L&D director in four different organizations, consulting uh, for, for organizations on their learning and development programs. And so I want to go through these three principles, and and I hope that you can take something away, maybe choose one to start incorporating and thinking about as you are strategizing and managing your own learning career. And this can be for anyone at any level. So don't think this is just for L&D leaders. This is really anyone for every level. So I want to start off with what I like to call and what I live by is the platinum rule. And some of you might have heard about this. Um, but we all know the golden rule, right? We learned that when we're in kindergarten, you know, treat others the way they want to, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. And we're told this and we live and breathe by this. And I see it a lot in learning. I hear it all the time. People who are new to learning, veterans of learning, everything in between. Well, I wouldn't want to learn that way. Or I think about how I would want to learn. And that's what helps me decide how I'm going to create this training or what it's going to look like. And I get a little cringy when I hear that because, again, we're this is how we're brought up, right? That golden rule. How would I want to be treated? Let me treat people that way. But I always like to look at it in the platinum rule. And this is something that we I used to live by in my sales role. So it's a transferable skill for me bringing this in. But 
treating people the way that they want to be treated. So same thing from a learning perspective, right? Developing learning for people or teaching people the way they want to be taught. And that takes a lot more work than doing it the way that you would want it done, right? And I spent a lot of my career in that in that golden rule mindset of I know I would want this and I know I would want that and I know I would want this and I represent a very unique market, right? But that doesn't necessarily equate to the organization or the people within it. And so thinking that in mind, right, and being able to do you know, research and thinking about who who are the people I'm going to be facilitating to or creating learning for, when and where do they, you know, need this? How best do they learn? And I'm not talking about specific learning styles, right? But, you know, how much time do they have to learn? Really diving deep. And this is something that, and you all know I talk about learning cluster design a lot, but in that model, when we talk about doing persona work, right? And Crystal Kadaki and Lisa, Lisa MD Owens talks a lot about you know, understanding the personas. And a lot of it goes into that, right? That is the platinum rule, right? Being able to look at when and where and how people learn and how much time they have. And are they on the go or are they able to sit at a computer? Are they on the floor or do they have to learn, you know, while they're on their 15 minute breaks, right? So really being able to think about it from the perspective of the learner rather than of myself. So shifting from the golden rule, which is I'm going to think about how the best way, how I would want to learn and teach people that way versus the platinum rule, which is how will they learn best, right? Teach people the way that they want to be taught. So that's my first golden rule <laughs> principle. <laughs> I was say my first golden rule, my first principle that I live by. Um, all right, so the second principle that I live by is always assume that learning is not the solution. And it, again, all of these are, are principles that I've, I've learned throughout my career, but I used to often think, okay, here's a problem. Let me figure out a learning solution for it. And oftentimes we're told, hey, here's a problem. Here is the solution. Create this solution. And so it's really going in with the assumption that learning is not the solution. And I, people get hyped about this one a little bit because our job is to create learning, right? And some people think that as learning professionals, we should just shut up and create learning, which I do not agree with, as you can probably tell by the tone of my voice. So, you know, part of this job and to do this job really well is to have a consultant mindset. And I talk about this a lot just in general of being a great L&D leader and having that ability, but also within your role as an individual contributor, having that consulting mindset of what are all the solutions and looking at learning kind of outside of traditional training, right? So it's really thinking about what could all the other possible solutions be that are not learning? And can I help make an impact there? So it doesn't mean that you get to kind of wipe your hands clean. I'm doing a wipe your hands clean hand motion right now. Um, but it's not a wipe your hands clean. It's more of, okay, this is actually, rather than it being a training, this needs to be a newsletter that goes out for marketing and I'm going to help them create that, right? So it's, it's, assuming that learning or a learning experience or let's say training, right, is not the solution 
really helps you. This kind of goes into, I would say, a sub principle of this, which is like not creating learning for the sake of creating learning, right? That you're actually creating it when you know that it is the solution to the problem. And again, this is going back and, and really looking at diving deep. It's not just taking people at face value when they say, hey, we need training on this. It's saying, okay, great, I understand. Training may be one component of it. You know, what's the problem here? And peeling back the onion two, three, four, five layers, which may take some more work up front, but it will ultimately save you time because A, it might not even be a training solution, or B, if it is, you now know the core problem versus a surface problem. So really going into it and assuming that learning is not the solution, and which is hard, right? Because we're learning professionals, um, but assuming that training is not the solution, that it is and, and training as, as we know it, right, traditionally, that it's not the solution, that there might be other ways to impact this besides an e-learning or a virtual class or a video or micro learning, whatever it may be. So that's the second one. My third one, I think it's my favorite. I don't know. I love all my principles equally, I guess. So the third one is don't stress about the steps. And I see this a lot Mostly, actually, I see this a lot, period. I'm going to I'm gonna end that sentence with a period. I see this a lot, period. <laughs> we often get so wrapped up in the steps and in the models and in the theories that we often forget rule number one, right? Principle number one, that platinum rule. And so don't stress if you have to skip a step or, you know, for example, if you live, breathe, die, eat, bathe, whatever with, with Addy, and that is your, your model drug of choice, right? Being okay with having to possibly skip a step or do a little bit less. And that knowing that sometimes 80%, 70%, 60% is good enough. And that took me a really freaking long time. Like I'm still learning that principle of when is good enough. And it's like, it, it kind of reminds me, and I know this is a little bit off of a tangent and topic, but you know, there's a study about how much money is enough and can money actually buy happiness. And I don't remember all the, the numbers off the top of my head, but there's a, a certain threshold where up until that, Money absolutely can buy happiness, right? It gives you a better life, better quality of life. But once you hit, I, I think it was, and this might be old numbers, but in the 70,000s, I think that's where it is. The studies show that you move up to 80, 90, 100, 120, 200, whatever it may be, that that doesn't actually increase your happiness. And same thing, I like to apply that when it comes to training, that sometimes this learning experiences that we're creating, if we get them at 60% or 70%, that might be all that they need, right? We get caught up on that extra 30% of perfection, perfection, perfection. But is it is that 30% going to make 30% of a difference? And really sitting with yourself and saying, okay, this is about 70% done, uh, but this will have an impact on 90% of the people. And if I put 30% more work into this, maybe 1% more will, will have an impact, right? So it's it's really trying to outweigh of like, 
I might miss some steps or it might not be perfect or I might not get to, you know, do all of the design that I want to do or dive deep as deep as I want into the analysis, right? Or whatever model that you use. That's why I like more fluid models, but not stressing about the fact that you may have to skip a step or not complete all the steps inside the step. And and this is this has to do with anything, right? This has to do with with rolling something out. You might not get to roll it out perfectly or the way that that you would quote unquote hope, right? But it's going back to that principle number one, rule number one, the platinum rule of, okay, what do what do the learners need? How would they want this to be rolled out to them? Not what my imagination and my envision of what a perfect L&D rollout would look like. And so again, it's kind of going back and like not necessarily stressing about all the steps. It's going back to really truly understanding what is it they need? When do they need it? Where do they need it? How do they need it? Um, and if you're checking off those boxes, that's enough. So knowing when to stop, right? Not stressing about hitting all the steps, everything on the checklist. And I know for some people who are type A, that is like, you probably have already turned this off. So I'm probably only speaking to people who are who are not type A right now. But just know that it's okay. And that took me, and I'm not a type A personality. And I don't even know if I like type A and type B now that we're thinking about the kind of stereotypes and characteristics of that topic for another day. Um, but it took me a long time. It took me a long time to not be quote unquote perfect and realizing that my perfection was actually keeping people from, from getting the information they need when they needed it. So those are my three principles, I guess, maybe non-traditional, maybe traditional, depending on what your thoughts are. Um, so again, that first of all is the platinum rule. Teach people the way they want to be taught. Create learning the way they want learning. Principle two, assume, assume learning is not the solution. And the third one, don't stress about the steps. Don't stress about it. You've got it. All right, so that is today's episode. I would love to hear from you as far as maybe one of these principles that you're going to work on trying to adopt. Uh, so let me know. You can always email me, hello at theovernighttrainer.com. Um, I know this. I know I say this often, but please, if there's anything specific you'd like for me to uh, talk about in the podcast, please message me on LinkedIn. You can find me, Sarah Canistra. Uh, just send me a LinkedIn message. I love to get your messages. I got one today about how someone was listening to it at the gym and they keep thinking they need to not listen to it at the gym so that they could uh, have a notebook and take notes. So I, I appreciate all of your kind words about the show. I love doing this for you. Um, I had someone ask me uh, this morning about you know why I do this and you know, being able to connect with you all and to deliver this to you um, on this platform means a lot to me. So keep me posted on what you want to know more of, what topics you want me to cover. Uh, you can email me hello at theovernighttrainer.com or you can message me on LinkedIn. I love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.